the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He is the uh, founder and the editor of the Ohio Press Network. He is uh, also our State House correspondent for AM 1420, The Answer. And he is my co-host of the best political and news podcast I think you're going to find in Ohio. And that is Talking Smack with Bob and Jack. Jack Windsor, welcome back, my friend. How are you? Bob, I'm super fantastic. It's always great to be here with you and uh, the Always Right Radio listeners. Thanks for choosing me today. Yes, sir. Good to have you, as always. Um, All right, Jack. Um, There's a lot of ground that I want to cover with you. Um, I want to talk about the way you think Governor Mike DeWine and his Ohio Director or Department of Health Director, Bruce Vanderhoff, are doing with the... um, toxic train spill or the toxic train derailment and subsequent toxic spill and controlled burn of these very volatile and uh, dangerous chemicals. And I want you to frame this, if you could, through the lens of the way they handled the COVID crisis. I'm reading a lot of people online. Now, Vanderhoff, of course, was uh, you know was named uh, to replace uh, Amy Acton, who was the first director of health for, for DeWine, uh, to handle an emergency situation, and we all know how that turned out. But you covered DeWine very, very closely. It's kind of how you really started your, your rise up in terms of um, uh, recognition in Ohio as a, as, a, as a terrific reporter as you covered the... Um, uh, the press conferences, the daily press conferences uh, that Mike DeWine held. And um, you were booted from covering those because you were asking too many difficult questions and too many important questions for which he and they had no answers. Many are comparing his behavior and the behavior of Vanderhoff now in being not very forthcoming with information for the people uh, uh, of what's going on in East Palestine to that time. So, through your own observation and your own experiences working with the wine and working with his people, how do you uh, how do you how do you assess what's happening in East Palestine? Well, I think it's a very difficult situation uh, based on information that we've gathered and reported. Uh, there were two decisions. One was let this thing explode and release shrapnel, you know, over a mile wide. Or excuse me, over you know a mile radius or. Um, you know, let's, let's burn it off. And if those are all, uh, the choices they had, then it, it seems like they did the right thing. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm not a, I'm not a chemist. Uh, we, I've got some people on, um, uh, on the burner here that I'll be talking with soon regarding how do you, how do you mitigate this, right? It's, it's a water issue. It's an air issue. Um, but, you know, here's my visceral response. I'm going to say two things. First of all, Press Secretary Dan Tierney still doesn't uh, have the respect to timely return emails and, and phone calls that I make to him uh, seeking comment. And I think that's a travesty. Um, you know, be professional. Uh, honor the fact that we are reporters and we have a constitutional right uh, to pursue facts and report the truth to our readers. But so, you know, that still goes on. But when I see Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff, um, you know, I said last night, and this is opinion, but I'm, I'm old enough to remember 
him clad in his uh, lab coat and bow tie standing on track at Thomas Worthington High School saying that the jabs are uh, unquestionably safe and, and very, very effective. So when he is in front of the camera again comparing the fumes uh, there and in East Palestine, uh, Palestine to someone standing at a gas pump, um, my BS radar goes off. And, you know, that's my visceral response. I, I don't trust Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff because he's been a puppet for whatever the cause is. So those are my two mitigating factors, I guess, before I even dive in. But I will say Mike DeWine was pretty strong yesterday in a couple of things. He said this is the fault of Norfolk Southern, and they're going to pay for it. And I think a lot of people listening to that said, here, here. And he also said, look, these uh, cars were not labeled hazardous material or highly hazardous material. And and that's a no-no. And I think we all agree with that. Uh, and I know that J.D. Vance is, is talking now about uh, investigating how that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I guess that's my visceral response. How has it been handled? I don't know, Bob, and I don't think we'll know until we figure out, is this stuff in the air? Is it in the groundwater? And, you know, what's the negative outcome if it is? Yeah, the stuff we're talking about, just to clarify too, the uh, hazardous materials that are uh, that that are known to have been in the carriages uh, of of that train include vinyl chloride, butyl acrylate, ethylexyl acrylate, ethylene glycol, monobutyl ether, and isobutylene. And I may be mispronouncing many or all of those. And if you're a chemist and you do know those, uh, I apologize for that. But for the rest of us, we just need to know that many of these are toxic. And if they get into the air, if they get into the water, or if they get into the soil, uh, they can have impacts on virtually all of the above. Breathing it in for uh, for us, uh, the water supply, of course, being contaminated is an extraordinarily dangerous situation. And if the ground is contaminated, well, all of the you know the grass and. Uh, uh, you know, the things that our, that our farm animals graze on, um, you know, could potentially contaminate the, the food that we eat. Uh, you know, again, talking about whether it be cows or through their milk or through the, you know, chickens and so on and so forth. So people have been caught covering this, uh, and, and talking about this potential severity of it all, except for the federal government. Pete Buttigieg hasn't been by. Joe Biden hasn't made a statement. He certainly hasn't declared it at a uh, declared it an emergency and thus uh, made uh, 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 FEMA funds available. Um, why do you think it is that they're putting such a lid on this? Or you know, it's been twelve days now, Jack, and this is still a problem, and and the federal government's not acting. Why do you think that is? Well, I, I think they're inept. I think uh, I can never pronounce Mayor Pete's last name, so I'm just going to call him Mayor Pete. You know, Booty Mayor Judge. Pete is more. Booty, booty judge, Jay, booty. That's another way. Something. No, it's 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 booty, it's booty judge. That's, that's booty judge. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, there you go. Um, you know, he's he's more concerned about uh, doling out the accusations that we are inherently and structurally racist, and that bleeds over into our you know transportation structures <laughs> and policies. Um, I, I mean, it's a clown show, frankly. Um, in Look, I, I don't know. I, I don't know a good reason why they wouldn't be here right away and going, all right, now now what can we do now? In their defense, you do have you know federal uh, authorities with the EPA. My understanding is they worked hand in glove with the Ohio EPA, and then the governor of Pennsylvania and Governor Mike DeWine were on a phone call together, and you know they were kind of comparing notes and figuring out what to do. And there was some modeling that went on. 
um, at the federal level to help them figure out, all right, how are we going to cut these things open and seek this stuff out? So, you know, I think that there was involvement there, but, you know, there should be more conversation around what's going on and calling it what it is. You know, if, if people need security that this is truly a safe place, the EPA claims that hundreds of tests have been performed and that the water and air are in good living condition, well, then the federal government ought to come out and, and be very bold and very loud about that, um, but they're not. And your guess is as good as mine, Bob. Um, there, there is just a train of, um, you know, bad decisions in this administration uh, that continues to pop up every day. So I, I expect that to be the norm, not the exception. Jack Windsor is my guest, the editor and founder of the Ohio Press Network, also co-host of Talk and Smack with Bob and Jack. Find that anywhere and everywhere you get podcasts. I'm going to talk about the podcasts in a moment, Jack, because of uh, some news that we made uh, earlier this week. But back to back to DeWine and Vanderhoff real quick. You said that DeWine was somewhat strong. I found him to be less than that. Um, you know, he was asked directly by a reporter, would you drink the water in East Palestine right now? And he said, no, I would drink bottled water, which means it's not safe. I don't trust it. Okay, what are you going to do uh, for the people of East Palestine? and the surrounding areas about that, number one. Number two, he said, as far as breathing, he said, I guess we just have to wait until the tests come back to see exactly what the air quality looks like. Those aren't questions in my mind. In my mind, if we don't know the answer as to whether or not the air is safe to breathe, there better be a plan of action by the state of Ohio to deal with that. Uh, and that includes, right. and that includes more than just Norfolk Southern giving everybody a thousand dollars to go find accommodation somewhere for an unspecified period of time while they do these right. tests. Uh, as to Vanderhoff, that statement you pointed out, and I pointed out as well, where he just said, eh, it's no different than breathing in the fumes when you're pumping the gas. I don't trust him either. And I don't trust anybody that feels like he has to wear a lab coat to a press conference to prove he's a doctor. Uh, that that Acton did that for the entire period of time we were going through that nonsense. I never see it anywhere else, anywhere else that there are physicians who are medical experts who are coming on as health directors or anything else. I never see them doing that except here in Ohio. Acton did it. Van, I'm looking at the picture right now. There he is standing there. It's as if to say my own language and what I'm about to say to you won't convince you that I'm a physician. So, look, here's the lab coat. Here's proof I'm actually a doctor. I mean, Dr. Ben Carson was a neurosurgeon. I never saw him show up to press conferences in scrubs. Say, look at me, I'm a surgeon, just so you know. I mean, if you are what you, you know, what you are, you ought to be able to present yourself as such without uh, trying to put on your costume. So it just drives me nuts. I don't trust any of these guys with our health. Last thought on that? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm with you. You know, you and I had a chance to, to interview on our podcast a renowned cardiologist in Ohio. And, you know, he didn't come onto the show and, and talk about, um, you know, all of his medals and all of his accolades. <laughs> I mean, you know, we certainly pointed those out to say, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. But, uh, you know, and he was very humble, right? He said, look, I, he, here's what I say. I say that this needs to be looked into this way, and this could be a possible outcome, but we need to consider these things. Uh, Vanderhoff doesn't often do that. Vanderhoff has a position, and he states it uh, with his bow tie and his lab coat because, you know, and he, he kind of puts off the vibe to me uh, of uh, the science there at the federal level, right? Those two are like uh, left hand, right hand to me. Don't question them because they are just unquestionably right and, and intelligent. And uh, and I just think it's a shame because public health has done a lot of good in this world. But I think the steps backwards in the past three years, uh, I, I mean, it's taken us back decades. And guys like that are to blame in my book. 
Yeah, I completely agree. Jack, let's talk about the podcast, and I mentioned making some news. We had a, a podcast on Monday that we did in which we had uh, State Representative Ron Ferguson and State Representative Bill Seitz on to talk about the direction of the Ohio uh, House and uh, the conservative legislation that we all were expecting would be passed without objection with a 67-member supermajority granted to the and gifted to the uh, House by uh, by Ohio voters and Ohio Republican voters, to be precise, and we all know the story since then about the uh, about the uh, the steal of twenty three. I think you call it, and the coup of twenty two. So Bill Sykes was part of that coup, and we had him on. And I wanted to just give you a chance to kind of tell everybody some of the highlights or lowlights of uh, what Bill Sykes had to say in this oftentimes confrontational interview. Not between Sites and Ferguson, but between Sites and you and me, because um, we're asking questions that a lot of people won't ask, and they can't get an opportunity to ask of Bill Sites. You want to tell us what what uh, your your uh, give me give us a summary of that? Yeah, well, kudos to you, Bob. You got him to yell at you, which I thought was super fantastic. Oh, um, better than that, I got him to blame me for all of the dis- discord in the high house. Yeah. Yes, and he literally was, said and it's for you. It's because of you. He literally said me, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad you got him to clarify that, that, okay, not necessarily just me, but, um, but it sure sounded that way. Go ahead. Yeah. No. So I, if I were to boil it down, what I think I heard Bill Seitz say is that he's been in uh, the legislature for, for over two decades, and, and we just really don't understand how it works. Um, you know, what, what happened with Larry Householder with the Democrats voted for him, and we seem to be fine with that. And so when Democrats voted for Jason Stevens, we should be okay with that, too. Now, we did point out that uh, Larry Householder didn't get approval in the caucus, and Bill Seitz wanted to argue about that. I wasn't in that caucus vote, but I have tons of lawmakers who are saying, no, Bill Seitz is wrong. Uh, but then the hard question that we asked that he didn't really answer is, um, okay, so you know Larry Householder is innocent until proven guilty, but he's um, you know, under federal indictment right now. Is that the look of the party? Is, is that the comparison that we want to make here? Um, and so it, it appears um, that uh, sites and others believe that Jason Stevens will uh, deliver on promises to create and debate and pass conservative legislation. Now, I need to fall on my sword here and say that I opted to do this today instead of being at the uh, 11 o'clock press conference, and I made the right choice, uh, where Stevens was going to unveil his legislative priorities uh, for 2023, 135th 35th General Assembly. So I will get notes on that, and we can cuss it and discuss it later, but my understanding is he released <laughs> uh, those priorities today, and I'm eager to see what they are. Uh, yeah, I am too. And by the way, that's well said because we will indeed cuss it and discuss it. There's no question about that. Um, but but back to sites. One other thing I thought was very important, uh, and you called him out on this. Um, he said that dark money coming in uh, was driving legis- uh, le- the legislation, and he wants to rid uh, the Ohio General Assembly of the dark money coming in and and having such an impact. And you asked a very very important question. Um, and what is dark money? From whom are you talking about? And is union money, a lot of it, that comes in to fund people like Bill Seitz and his campaign, uh, does that count as dark money? Give us a just quick once-over. Yeah, so he essentially said, no, those are different things. Um, I'm not sure that they are. Keep in mind, uh, government unions, teachers' unions, um, you know, municipal unions, uh, those are tax dollars. Those are, those are your dollars and my dollars that go to pay employees, and then these unions pluck contributions from their paychecks. And there, by the way, are lawsuits right now in Ohio where 
employees are going, hey, I told you not to take that from my paycheck. The Supreme Court said I could tell you not to do that, and you're continuing to do it, and you're breaking the law. So, um, And then that money obviously goes into a big pot, and the unions do with it what they want. I think the impression was that unions uh, you know, get the people on the left side of the aisle into office and help them ramrod their agendas, but now it looks like the 22 House Republicans who supported Stevens have collected more than, uh, I'm say, close to $350,000 from government unions since 2017. Now, Bill Seitz argued with me and said, well, that's because me and, and um, Jay Edwards have been in, you know, been in the House longer than some of these newbies. Uh, well, then let's look at 2020, 2021, and 2022. And at the top of the list, it's still Jay Edwards, <laughs> Bill Seitz, and Don Jones, all who voted for Jason Stevens. Yep, very well said. And uh, we exposed uh, very clearly, I think, some of the agenda there, too, when we talk about leadership that was given to the 22, uh, 21 others uh, who supported Jason Stevens, who makes number 22, of course, in that group or in that coup or in that gang. Uh, and then obviously uh, partnering with Democrats uh, to outnumber the actual number of conservative Republicans who kept their word is a huge issue. We're going to stay on. Uh, we're going to work to get get uh, Jason Stevens on as well, Jay Cross, uh, or excuse me, Jay Edwards, uh, John Cross, and as many others as we can uh, to really try to uh, hold them accountable for what they are doing in this 135th General Assembly. Jack Windsor, terrific stuff as always, my friend. Keep up the great work with the Ohio Press Network. Thanks, Bob. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.